Welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast, episode number three, with Renee Dallow and Mindy Marzak. And today, we are talking about, is blogging dead? Let's go, wedding rock star. Welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast with your hosts, wedding planner and educator Renee Dallow and blogger and social media strategist Mindy Marzak. Listen in as they bring you the best, brightest, and most honest industry advice on the internet. Their mission is to help you, wedding rock star, work smarter, not harder. Hope you're ready, because it's time to rock your wedding biz. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast. This is Mindy Marzek. And Renee Dallow. Yay. Here we are, episode three. We're doing it. We're moving right along. Today's topic is one of my favorites. <laughs> um, we're going to answer the question, is blogging dead? Oh, it's going to be juicy. And as a full-time blogger, my response is, gosh, I hope not. Because <laughs> I would be in trouble. <laughs> right. Uh, but this, so this topic, uh, and this this might be a little dated by the time this even publishes, but this topic was brought on by the announcement that style me pretty was shutting down and then resurrected and then it was resurrected just a couple days ago uh, at at the time of this recording but we 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 wrote down this topic because it was such a noteworthy thing in the wedding industry and everyone really started to panic yeah there was a panic yeah there was a bit of a panic because a lot of wedding vendors planners photographers you know across the board you know, made it their life's mission to be featured on Style Me Pretty because it was seen as the, like, the end-all be-all for wedding blogs. Right. Well, and what's interesting about that, too, is that it was the gold standard, but for a very narrow idea of what's beautiful. True. Yes. It definitely, when I was wedding planning, I never visited Style Me Pretty because it just was not my scene. Not me either. But as a wedding professional, there was always this expectation when you either produced a styled shoot or had a wedding of like, oh, could this one get into style me pretty? Yeah, it, it was. I, I want to say that even for people who maybe it wasn't their aesthetic, it was still just like, oh, could I be featured on style me pretty? That would that would do wonders for my business. I think I feel like a lot of people felt that way. Just I because, think people still feel that way. Yeah. Um, so it's it, it was it's kind of a weird, fascinating phenomenon for me as a blogger, yeah. just to kind of look at look at these these big blogs that people kind of worshipped. And even on the on the wedding planning side, when I talk with brides, they, you know, Style Me Pretty was always the the top notch blog. So so when they announced that they were uh, being shut down, uh, it it caused a ripple. Uh, And then now we hopefully everyone has heard that the original owner, Abby, has bought back the blog. She sold the blog and now she has purchased it back. So Style Me Pretty will live on. Everyone's features are safe. But it was scary for a minute safe, because though. all your links are safe. <laughs> all your links are safe. All your SEO is safe. Um, but there was there was a panic where not only just losing this big blog, but all of the features were going to just disappear. Well, and I think that was the big panic. I mean, at least for me, I mean, it's like, I would hate to see all that work just disappear. Yeah, I, I kind of w- wondered when they announced like we're shutting it down. I was like, why don't they just archive it? Um, yeah, 
it's a moot point now because Abby has has you know regained control over it and, and it, it will live on. But I also wonder too, like not only is blogging dead, but is Salome Pretty going to have to evolve because the the way we want to see weddings featured, the way we want to be represented today is very different than when they started in what year? 20, 2000, 2000, 2001? I don't remember what year they started. Yeah, I don't know the exact year, but it's been well over a decade. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, Abby has been called out publicly a lot in the last few weeks for the lack of diversity on Style Me mm-hmm. Pretty. And uh, I know this this podcast is not about diversity. We will do one of those with a guest who can speak uh, firsthand about that since we're two white girls. But it's <laughs> worth noting that in this in this overwhelming topic of is blogging dead, I want to ask, is blogging evolving to keep up with what's happening in the world? Yeah, there's definitely, if you look at the history of the internet, which is a relatively short history, it, is. it has, everything has changed very rapidly. I mean, we started with, uh, DOS message boards in with you know black background and green type. Um, I'm <laughs> That's not, even I'm before not, my time. I don't even know. What I'm that not is. showing my age at all here. Um, but we started with these these very simple message boards, and then it moved to chat rooms, and then it moved to instant messenger programs, and then it moved to uh, live journals and Friendster and MySpace and God, Friendster and, you know, yes. websites just keep evolving and it, they evolve so fast. So yes, blogging, I don't think blogging overall is dead, but I think that websites are definitely going to have to evolve with the times in order to keep up with just the way that people use the internet. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. So if we're talking about blogging, so I feel like there's two different conversations to be had, right? We're talking about blogging in the in the realm of Style Me Pretty. So like blogging for commerce, which is what you do for a living, what mm-hmm. blogs like Style Me Pretty do. And then we have the, the the business person's blog, like the blog that I host on my own wedding planning website. So can we talk for a minute about the blogging for commerce? Um, sure. Like where do you think that's going or where have you seen it gone and what do you think the evolution of that will be? Sure, yeah, um, that's a really good question. So I think that blogs and the way that people are Uh, people who are planning weddings are using blogs is they're not necessarily looking at the style me pretties of the blogging world anymore. They're trying to find blogs that they can relate to. So niche blogs, um, local blogs, uh, I think are going to be where it's at. People no longer, let's just, let's just put it this way. Attention spans are dissolving (laughs) even in the last 10 years. Uh, People who are planning weddings aren't necessarily just typing in rustic wedding into Google and finding that. They are being very specific. Barn wedding in Connecticut in the fall uh, is what they're searching. I think that blogs who can keep up with this more micro micro searching mm-hmm. um, and niche searching are, are going to uh, withstand these changes better than a a blog like style me pretty. That's just kind of trying to be all things for all brides or grooms. Yeah. I love what you're saying too, because I see that with my brides and grooms and I do all, I do weddings for everyone. So I don't Mm -hmm. want to just say brides, but I see less years ago, I would say someone would say, well, I'm a style me pretty bride. That's my aesthetic. But now what they're saying is this is who I am. My aesthetic is a mix of A, B and C. Mm -hmm. What do you 
who, you know, who will serve, who will serve me where like I, some of my brides, most of my brides, frankly, are getting inspiration from interior design magazines or fashion. And they're coming to me with images that aren't other weddings. Yeah. Interesting. Which I love, which as a creative, I'm like, yes, as a designer, I'm like, please bring me wallpaper samples. Like, I love it. (laughs) I really do because it's so much more creative than being like, I want this archway, but kind of different, but kind of like this. Like it gets, you know, at some point you're just, um, copying the copier, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I agree with you in that in that modern couples, they're not looking to follow trends. They want to create them. Oh, true. Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that uh, because people are, the truth is, is that couples are searching for blogs less and less. I mean, it's yeah. not like it used to be 10 years ago or, you know, even like five years ago when I was planning our wedding. Uh, it's evolving very quickly. It's changing very quickly. A lot of couples are still going to Pinterest to search for inspiration, but instead of clicking through, they're just kind of looking at the image and then taking that to their planner or taking that to their venue or taking that to their florist, uh, to, to, uh, as inspiration, they don't necessarily want to copy, right? They they're using it as inspiration, and it's very interesting to me uh, as someone who, as a wedding blogger, I talk with a lot of brides, mostly brides, some grooms, um, but I talk with a lot of brides who just don't care about blogs at all. And this is a huge shift from five to ten years ago, when everybody was like, "I'm planning my wedding, so it can be featured on the knot." Well, I also think too to 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 yes end you. I feel like when we were planning our weddings, I was very devoted to following the blogger and the blog. Mm-hmm. And I think people now are more interested in in uh, following the inspiration, like their their specific vision, as opposed to like, I'm going to follow the broke-ass bride because I really like Dana mm-hmm. and her perspective on, on weddings. People are now going, well, I'm going to follow or I'm going to search out, like you said, um, downtown LA weddings with neon signs and craft cocktails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of that. I feel like uh, Instagram is more inspiring in these little bite sizes than maybe a full blog post would be. Sure. And uh, I will say that I think that there's a lot of benefit for wedding professionals to maintain their own blogs on their own websites. And there's several reasons for that. But one of the reasons is that aside from trying to plan their wedding and trying to find inspiration for their wedding... I think that it's becoming more and more common for couples to want to feel like they are friends with their vendors. Oh, yes. Social media and blogging really creates that connection that you're not just a client and, you know, someone who is hired to to help them or, you know, to serve this wedding or serve this event. Uh, Like, I have seen... I, I follow a lot of I'm, I'm friends with a lot of wedding professionals on Facebook and I follow on Instagram and I am seeing more and more couples, you know, brides or grooms who continue to follow these wedding vendors and comment on their photos and love everything that they do because they made such a connection with them while they were wedding planning. And you can't, if it's, if we're talking about uh, being featured on one of these big blogs versus creating your own blog post, I would say create your own blog post every time. Yeah, I say that I think that's true. Yeah, I mean, the the um, what you said about being friends, I'm friends with almost all of my, my former clients. I mean, I've 
we go to dinner. They, again, they like my Instagram, they'll comment on things. We joke around. Um, you know, they're still very much present in my day to day social media life, which is, is as good as it's going to get sometimes because I'm so busy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it definitely feels that way. And I definitely want to hear, you know, what, what you think about, um, like we said, the, the blogging for your own personal website uh, or business website, rather. I know it's one of the challenges I face as a business owner is that, you know, I'm doing 20 some odd weddings a mm-hmm. year. I, I think I've blogged three times in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I can't, I can't seem to find the time. I tend to do it in like spurts. So I'll write like three in a row, schedule them out. So it doesn't look like I'm crazy and then <laughs> not touch it again for another few months. But yeah. I'm, I want, I want to hear from you. Like, what do you think um, frequency wise is, is good? I know that for me, when I look at someone's business blog and they haven't posted in like a year, I wonder, are they still in business? Yeah. And that's a big, that's a big thing. Uh, it's, it's like that, or it's, it's the same situation with blogs and social media. So I always tell people to be consistent because you don't want it to seem like you've disappeared. Right. Um, and it's tricky because you're not posting on social media and you're not blogging because you're so busy. So you most certainly have not disappeared. Right. But that's the initial thought that's going to go through someone's head who might be finding you for the first time. Yeah. As far as blogging on your own website, it doesn't have to be overly complicated. I think people look at the types of blog posts that a blog like Style Me Pretty puts out and they're intimidated because they're like, oh my gosh, I can't do a blog post with 40 photos and a huge introduction and an interview with the bride and groom. Um, And that's absolutely not necessary for your own business blog. I would recommend uh, once a week, if possible. If not once a week, then once a month is adequate. Uh, I think that having something once a month at least shows people that you are active and you're still in business and you're up to date. (laughs) Um, Once a week would be better. Uh, But once a month and the blog posts don't have to be complicated. It can include one or two photos. It can just include a small paragraph. Uh, I think that people, I think that wedding professionals want to create these big blog posts as like kind of like an ode to this wedding that they worked on because they love the couple so much and they love the product so much or they love the outcome so much. And that is nice, but it's not very realistic. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Because, you know, uh, over a year ago, I was involved in this wedding day that was, you know, a nonprofit situation called Love Wins Out. And we did, you were there, we did five weddings in one day. Mm-hmm. And it took me a year to write about it because every time I sat down to write about it, I thought, oh, there's no way I'm going to do this justice. Mm-hmm. And then I felt embarrassed that it had taken me so long to write about it. And so then like the embarrassment plus the insecurity about it, I just, it literally took me a year. And so finally on the anniversary of the day, I was like, okay, I have to write something. Yeah. And I th- and just what you said really resonated with me because it's like I, I worried so much about doing it justice that I didn't do anything. Yeah, and that's no good. That's no good. And a lot of people fall into that trap, including myself. I have blog posts that I started years ago that are sitting in drafts because they're so overwhelming and intimidating because there's so much information I want to put into them. And then I get paralyzed and then nothing happens. That's the paralysis of perfection. It is. It's true. And it's it's... It happens to everybody and it's no good for anybody. (laughs) Man, isn't that the truth? So yeah, so you just got to get those blog posts out there. And uh, I just, 
want to kind of segue into, well, if you only have limited time, should you be submitting your weddings to other blogs Mm, or should you be writing your own blog posts? This is my favorite topic, actually. Yeah, I think that there's definitely benefits to both. And the big scary thing with Style Me Pretty was the fact that so many people submitted their work to this website uh, thinking that it would just live on forever. And then there was a threat that it was just going to disappear in 30 days. Yeah. And I think that kind of put a fear into people that's like, oh, well, why should I bother submitting weddings or doing style shoots and submitting style shoots to these other wedding blogs if they can just disappear? If it's a possibility, they can just disappear overnight. Yeah. And that's a real problem. I mean, whenever you... Uh, put your work into someone else's hands, you lose control over it. I mean, it happened with Borrowed and Blue. Yeah. I mean, this is, there's a, there's a few wedding blogs that have shut down recently just because again, you know, for whatever reason, the owner didn't want to keep up with it. Maybe their, their personal life evolved and they didn't, they weren't into the wedding stuff anymore. That happens. Um, maybe the, uh, their business model couldn't keep up. And I'm not talking about Bard and Blue specifically, because I honestly have no idea what happened with them. But maybe they their business model couldn't evolve with the times. Um, there's many reasons why blogs shut down, and it could happen to anybody at any time. Yeah. So uh, I definitely think that there's still value in submitting to these blogs. I think that, again, the trend is moving towards more niche blogs and more local blogs. Uh, So if you are a florist in Texas, then you might want to look for Texas area blogs because the smaller blogs tend to be, uh, have more staying power at this point. Uh, And they do have, I mean, it's more of a, you know, Style Me Pretty may have millions and millions of hits every month, but how many of those hits are in your target market and are your ideal client? If you go to a a local blog that has 100,000 views every month, chances are most of those are in your target market. So it's it's a better, I think it's a better value. So I think submitting to local blogs, uh, more niche blogs, like uh, I'll just use my blog as an example. I feature Disney weddings uh, and people come to my blog to look for Disney weddings. Absolutely. I think that there's some benefit there. Uh, A lot of these blogs have a vendor list or sell advertising. Yes, let's talk about that. I think that there's benefit there too. Again, it depends on uh, what you're hoping to get out of your advertising uh, because there's different things. There's exposure to your brand. There are inquiries. There are, of course, hires. Most people want to be hired. Uh, but there's, there's different ways to track your advertising and I won't, that's a different episode (laughs) for another podcast. Uh, but I definitely, I mean, you just have to weigh the risks and I, I know with the situation with style me pretty, they were offering refunds to anybody who was on their list. So if you want to advertise with a, a wedding blog, I would just find out what their terms are. Um, make sure you're comfortable with the fact that if they disappear, if something happens, you might be out that money. Um, uh, that's just a, a reality. Can I say my two cents on this though? Um, Please, for advertising yes. for wedding blogs as a wedding planner. So yes. I hear a lot, especially in Facebook groups. You know, I run a Facebook group. I, I'm I'm the admin of a few. People are uh, other wedding planners. You know, I hear this constant complaint of like, well, you have to pay to play, and there is no, you know, it's not just organic. Like they're not just um, 
publishing because of talent anymore. Um, And to that, I say, these people need to make a living, these bloggers. So if they've, if you've been published by a blog more than once, twice, you probably should think about being a vendor for them. Mm -hmm. That is just the way of commerce, you know? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't mean to sound like a cynical or whatever. And I do believe, you know, in, in a perfect world, talent would, would trump everything. But at the end of the day, the people who are running these blogs, especially the niche blogs, especially the local blogs, they need our support. And so if they are going to support you by publishing your work, giving you those links, giving you something to talk about on your social, you know, um, then by right, you should be supporting them as well. So I, I definitely, uh, don't, I don't fall into that like, well, everyone should be, everything should be free. Like that's not the way of the world. That's not the way of business. And if I expect people to pay for my services, then I should also support those who support me. I also will say, um, cause I'm just about something we talked about earlier is that like, if, if your, if your work does get picked up by, uh, uh, any kind of blog, right. It's a perfect opportunity then to then write a blog post for your own business blog that is just in coordination with that. So like recently I was published on uh, green wedding shoes. And so uh, it was a solid shoot that I'd produced. And so I waited to see what photos they chose. And then the next day I, I posted more photos, more behind and some behind the scenes photos from this green wedding shoes shoot. Mm-hmm. And I linked to that. And then so not only did I have that to promote, but then I had my own blog to promote. And that's kind of how you get more bang for the buck with those things. Yeah, I love it. It's kind of like a, a twofer. You submitted totally. it to the big blog. And then because that you were published, you were able to have content for your own blog. That's like, oh my gosh, so exciting. We got published on green wedding shoes. Here's some additional photos from that shoot. Yeah. And then once your feature is done being exclusive at one of the big blogs, then you can, you can submit it to non-exclusive blogs. And it, you know, there's a a wedding uh, photo shoot, sorry, a style shoot that I did in 2017 that I'm, that we're getting published again for the fourth time, I think uh, in a few months, because I just keep submitting them to non-exclusive blogs because everyone needs content. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, as a as a blogger, I will say that I love when people submit. Uh, I love the content. I don't I personally don't have an advertising or a vendor guide system for my blog. It's just a choice that I have made. But I'm friends with many wedding bloggers. And what you said about advertising is 100% correct. It takes a lot of resources. It takes money. Uh, to run these blogs and to do them right and do them well. And uh, we can't, as a blogger, we can't, we, we all need to coexist. So yes, we need submissions and uh, we need advertising dollars. And exchange, in exchange for that, hopefully your business uh, as an advertiser gets a little more exposure uh, and uh, gets some more uh, inquiries and hopefully hires. I will say that what what we see a lot as bloggers is that someone advertises and then gets mad because they don't see whatever type of return they were expecting. Mm, and yeah. bloggers can never guarantee that you'll get, you know, XYZ in return. Uh, so I think that it just going into it with a little bit of an open mind, and especially like you said, if the blog has already submitted a couple of your features, maybe just do them a solid and, and buy into some advertising with the thought of like, well, they, they already sent some links my way, they already sent some inquiries my way, 
Um, here's a, here's a little bit of advertising money to help support this blog that supported me when there was nothing else, you know, in return. So to speak on that inquiry thing for a minute is that, you know, uh, marketing wise, all, you know, all, uh, research has always pointed to the fact that a client, a potential client will have to see your name. I think it's something like seven to 11 times before they reach out. Like they have to know that you're a valid business. And so, for me, it's like I advertise on a on a fair amount of blogs, you know, where the investment is small, like a yearly investment of like hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. You know, I think mm-hmm. the I think the most I pay is like four hundred dollars a year. But it's okay if I'm not seeing for me a direct I found you on a practical wedding response because they probably did see me on a practical wedding. And they also probably saw me on Hundred Layer Cake and Ruffled and Catalyst, and then they came to my website because they saw my name enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like we have to get away from that. Like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't advertise there because I'm not seeing the direct clicks. You you really don't know in this day and age. The internet is huge. You don't know exactly where they're coming from, despite what they might put on your inquiry form. Yeah, you know, exactly, exactly. And it might be a situation where uh, maybe someone referred you like, oh, Renee did our wedding. Uh, you should look into her and then they right. Google your name and then they see your posts and your vendor guides on these different blogs and think, oh, she's legit. Absolutely. In her form, in in the form, they might put, my friend referred me to you. Absolutely. And the other websites. Yeah. And and this has happened to me, you know, in real life where I'll be sitting with a client and they'll, they'll pull up a photo of a wedding I did at their venue and say, oh, I just love this wedding. And I'm like, you know, that's my wedding, right? (laughs) And they're like, oh, oh no, I found it on, I found it on, you know, green wedding shoes. And I'm like, right. But that was me. That was me. I did it. My name's there. <laughs> right. So, I mean, they don't even know sometimes. Yeah. So I feel like if the question is, is blogging dead? I mean, I think the answer is a resounding uh, no. Well, it's just changing and we have to change with it. It's changing and it's everyone's responsibility to kind of change with it. And uh, the bottom line for this whole discussion, I think just to kind of put a cap on it, is that submit to other blogs, but but do your research and do it wisely and really think it through. Just like you wouldn't put up, you wouldn't buy a billboard for your business in, in a town that's not your target market. (laughs) Um, you would do it where you, where people are going to see it, where your potential clients, your ideal client is going to see it. So do your research on what blogs you choose to submit to and advertise to. Um, I will say that, you know, like I said, I'm friends with a lot of these wedding bloggers, especially the ones that are a little bit more, um, niche or local blogs and, everyone's really friendly. Like we want to hear from you guys. Ask us your questions. If you have any concerns about the health of the blog or the website, um, just reach out to us and ask us. Everyone's available via uh, via email or via Instagram. We really want to answer your questions and calm your fears about (laughs) about wedding blogs. And then also (laughs) just be sure that you're maintaining your own blog so that if for some reason something you submitted to went away, you still have your own content that you own and you know is not going to go anywhere. I love it. And let me ask you a question before we wrap it up because it just occurred to me. How do you feel about uh, wedding professionals on their own blogs using like almost a template? Like all of their blogs look like, you know, they have, they start with a photo of the couple, then they talk about the music, then they talk about the ceremony, then they talk about the food goodbye. Like if it's always the same, how do you feel about that kind of templatizing? I made up a word. Templatizing. 
advertising your blog post to make it easier. I'm trying to think of ways yeah. to make it less uh, annoying yeah. to blog your own. No, I, I know that some people have a template format. I think that it's, I, I don't mind a template format. I think that it's fine to have a formula like picture, paragraph, picture, paragraph, the end. Um, I think that you do want to make sure that even if you have a template, just be sure you're bringing your own personality into your writing. So if you mm. want to write, write about the food, during the second paragraph every time, just make sure you share why you personally loved that food or why your couple shared that food. There's ways to make things different, even if you're following a template. But I am all for doing whatever you need to do to get your blog posts up and running. (laughs) So if you need to follow a template or a formula for the first few posts just to get them going, then please, please do that. The other thing that was helpful to me uh, and of course I say this, but I'm sitting on like four drafts in my, in the back end of my website is that oftentimes when I get home from a wedding that night or the very next day, I will just open a voice text on my iPhone and just talk about the wedding, oh, just get something. Down, I love that. Right. Because I will forget. And it, yeah. by the time the photo, by the time the photographer sends me the photos, it could be three months, it could be six months. And so then I'll sit down and be like, Oh, what was special about this wedding? And I feel horrible because of course there were special things about the wedding, yeah. but six months later, I'm like, there's been too many other things in between. So what's been helpful to me is just, I need to do voice texts because if I have to sit down and actually type, it will probably take me longer. And I'll just say like, there was a dog, like they used their dog Murray and he was amazing. And then we had this amazing barbecue and dad gave it a really emotional speech. And the first dance was amazing. Like, and sometimes it's literally just like everything was amazing, Yeah, <laughs> which is fine because then at least I can go back and find the pictures that correlate to the amazing moments and then become a little bit more articulate in hindsight. Yeah, no, I really like that. And I, the voice to text feature on my phone as a blogger has been a complete lifesaver. So I really like the idea of just sitting down and making some notes uh, about the wedding, you know, right, either as it's happening or immediately after it's happening. And if there's any uh, creative professionals who are listening to this and wondering what you're supposed to write about, if you are not attending the wedding, if you're not there at the wedding. Um, we have a whole episode planned just for you. Yes. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> so with that, I think episode three is a wrap. It's a wrap. Yeah. I love it. Let us know if you have any questions on this. Again, you can always reach us at rockyourweddingbiz.com or our Instagram at rockyourweddingbiz. We really want to hear from you. And uh, we would love any iTunes reviews you want to leave please Please and thank you please and thank you so again thanks so much for listening thank you Renee thank you Mindy we'll see you on the next episode thank you for listening to rock your wedding biz this episode is sponsored by Moxie Bright Events wedding planning for creative couples and industry education for creative event planners also sponsored by Joy Social teaching smart social media strategies for awesome business owners you can find Renee online at moxiebrightevents.com and reneedallow.com. You can find Mindy online at joysocial.net. Jump into the show notes at rockyourweddingbiz.com and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Wedding Biz. <laughs>